The Service Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to Service Evolution, America's premier destination for service industry leaders. We deliver the advice and insight you need to get ahead in your career, learn new skills, and succeed in the competitive world of service. Our podcast features experts from across the country who provide their valuable insight on topics such as branding, strategy building, and customer service. Whether you're just starting out or looking for ways to take your company to the next level, Join us and discover how to make a positive impact today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Blackett, Service Evolution, the best dang service podcast in the world. I'm here with Jim Robinson, the man, the myth, the legend. What's up, buddy? How are we doing, man? This is freaking Wednesday, an outstanding day. That is a great day. Hump day. That's it. Midweek. Sad, but we still have three days in a week to go make it happen. It's not much time. We better no, hustle. Time. Crank it up <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> I always, I always uh, love that people are always like, oh, man, it's almost Friday. Let's go for the weekend. And uh, Don't get and, it. Yeah. See, there's, there's too it's much to do. It's well with me. No, weekends are a problem, people. That's why they <laughs> tell you don't buy a car, you know, if it was built on Friday or Monday. Don't do it. Buy it on Wednesday. I think they say the same thing about surgery, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's let's hope our physicians aren't in the drunk tank and sitting in the bars waiting to fix us on Monday. That's it. Get the call. All right, let's go. That's a tough (laughs) tough thought right there, man. Holy mackerel. Oh, man. Well, Jim, today we're going to be talking about a pretty hot topic. You know, it's been a topic for a while, but it's... It's in 2023 for service industry, it's still very much a hot topic. And, and we're talking about really the role of inclusion, policies and practices that, you know, and, uh, and effective team building for leadership development and what that means. And, and I think inclusion is very different for everybody. Uh, I think there's some general idea of what that means out there. So we'll kind of hop into that. And, you know, I really want to talk about your point of view on inclusion and really what uh, you know, and how it drives business, especially in the service industry. But I do want to ask you, because I know we were talking about earlier about what you're reading, but, you know, it's our tradition. So what are you reading? So it's the influence of psychology of persuasion, right? I always say one of my true gifts is the ability to influence and persuade. And um, so I found a book on it. And uh, first time I've read something specifically to the power of persuasion, the psychology behind it, what it means, and why we actually need it. Why do we need the psychology of the persuasion? Why do we need persuasion? So, interesting book. Take me a couple of days to finish this thing up. But, uh, yeah, it's an exciting book. First psychology of sales I ever jumped into, I was in my 20s, was Brian Tracy. I don't know if you remember Brian Tracy. So he's guys guess Brian Tracy back in my early coaching days was because he has a flight plan, which I still tell people to use today, actually, on how to, you know, give stories, content story, and then Maxwell kicked it up another notch. But Brian Tracy has something called the flight plan. And um the flight plan is how to write your speech. 
and it's pretty straightforward, readily available online. I have a copy in my briefcase at all times, the flight plan, and I've carried it for 20 plus years. That's crazy, man. Those things stick with you. Brian Tracy did, and he stuck with me. But the psychology of influence, that's a big, you know what, share that book with me. I'd love to read that. And I know we always kind of talk about really kind of diving all in on your gifts, you know? And so I think it's a brilliant idea is to go and read more on, on the things that you're gifted with. You know, yes, shore up your weaknesses, but man, go all in on your gifts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Kind of got to do that. Make them big. Make them big. All right. So we're going to jump into this. I want to ask you, I mean, inclusion. So let's talk about that. Inclusion policies and practices. How do you feel like they've influenced your approach to team building and really leadership development? And maybe what, if you could tell us what inclusion really kind of means to you. Yeah. We, for my 40 years in business, you know, I've had CGP for 38 years and it's never been a topic that we had to evolve out of. In fact, we weren't even aware that it was a subject, you know, until 20 plus years ago and, you know, it became a topic and today it's the hot button and everybody's got to talk about it on podcasts and shows and in the social platforms <laughs> and at the bar. The reality is, is we just never had an exclusion behavior. Our core values and who we are has always been inclusive. It's always been diverse from our offerings to who we employ and work with. It's just always been at our very, this who we are. So we didn't really pay attention to it early on. It wasn't a hot button. Today it's a hot button. So we kind of have to pay attention to what, you know, society is saying, what they're talking about, what they feel is happening and their perception yeah. of what they feel is happening. So uh, inclusive means you got to include and be diverse in pretty much everything that you do today. At our at our roundtable, 25% is female, right? Our executive committee, 25% of the members there is female. Is it, why don't we have 50%? We don't have anybody on the team. We don't have another executive role to fill that other space um, that's female ran. And inclusive is you don't want anybody to ever feel like they're excluded for any reason, for any reason. And so that's really been how I've just seen business and society as a whole is everybody's worthy of being included. Include them. Don't have a reason to yeah. exclude them. But it's got to be at your core. It has to, for me, it was always at our core. It's, I didn't see the negativity because I don't have it in me. And I see it only because society is talking so highly about it, but it's just never been a topic for us. I feel like, especially in the service industry, uh, as a company and as a culture, we really focus on diversity to meet the needs of our customers, to really attract the best talent, to increase our innovation here at the company, to just improve overall performance because that kind of diversity, it, it does that. And I think what you're saying is spot on with a lot of companies. But again, there is such a big driving call for more diversity, greater workforce diversity. When, as you're going through, I know it's not something you guys really focused on as like, this is a policy, just something that developed as a culture, really. But what do you think has been some of the, the key lessons that you learned really in developing 
a successful, successful, inclusive, you know, workplace. Well, diversity has always been kind of our, our model. We, you know, a few years ago, we had recruiters go specifically uh, to schools um, looking to recruit uh, female uh, plumbers, electricians, and so on. And the recruiters, we jointly went to pursue this. Um, we made a giant push to do that, like a very specific policy to go after that. And it yielded very low fruit. We ended up really not hiring any one specific out of that profession or in, you know, in the female trades coming out. They just weren't there. And so at the school level, at the education level, where is the diversity there? For our company, we've always been diverse. I've even given talks on at the boardroom or in the meeting room at the mastermind groups, those have to be diverse, not like-minded, but opposite-minded, different thought process, different walks of life, because what you're going to learn from that, the execution that you're going to get, the multitask capabilities are very, very different. And so having, like like I said, 25% of our executive committee being female, we learn execution from her. She comes in, she has the ability to touch, you know, 40 things at one time. I have a really cool ability to touch one thing in the box at a time. Um, <laughs> and then I'll put that away and I'll go get something else. But on the board, it's really important to be super diverse and inclusive. So that's really how we've always done it. And the diversity is, I've talked about it for 25, 30 years, at least what I can tell out of my journals, is I've always preached that same sermon. You've got to be yeah. inclusive with all of the other uh, races, genders, all of this, because you're losing significantly if you don't be inclusive. What do you think like a good, I don't know, inclusive policy looks like to help create an effective team? Or, or, or is there inclusive policies that need to be written specifically? Yeah, I'm, I'm not... It's in our company, we've just done this in a very organic way. Yeah. It's, it's just so natural for us to not see, we don't see the feminine, I guess, or the race or the religion in our interview process. We don't even talk about it. It's not something that we look at. Um, however, over the last few years, we've been looking for female uh, to join uh, we've gone after the schools. We've, you know, we've done a lot of things trying to expand the trades profession and be more diverse and being trying to, you know, lead that. Uh, we've just not had a true amount of success in doing that from the schools. I think it's interesting. I mean, the way I look at it is I think there are certain proclivities that are, that come into play when you talk about skilled trades. Just the overwhelming majority people that are in, you know, skill trade is uh, it's a lot of men. There's a lot of women in it, but the majority is, is men are so focused on things, you know, and, and hands-on and doing stuff. Uh, and women are very focused on people. And I feel, I feel like we, as a, as a company, we have a lot of female employees and team members here, but they're in the office, you know? So if you look at it that way, we're extremely balanced out. I think the conversation even goes deeper than that and is not gender specificity, but it's really related to the feminine essence and the masculine Mm -hmm. essence. 
Um, that's really what is the fixer, if you will, is that masculine essence. And it could be, you know, non-gender mm. specific. So that's yeah. really some of the inclusion that you got to be thinking about as well is, you know, who's not or who's excluded. But, you know, the masculine essence is in the DNA, it's a, they're fixers. Fixers. And so if you have any anybody that has that essence... That's great. It doesn't matter. And then the feminine essence is powerful because they multitask. They do different things different ways. But they could certainly contribute to the team in a most profound way, too. So you got to get them all. Get them everybody. Get them all on the team. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think fostering that that culture that you create of, a, of really true inclusion really benefited leadership here and leadership development? Well, it's it's why our leaders are leaders. They weren't leaders when we hired them. They've grown into leadership roles in their own way and in their own right, and that was through inclusion. Mm-hmm. We included people that uh, certainly were not leaders when we drafted them into the program, and we did that o- very openly, very direct, and we just said, we want you because we can help, we can grow, we can expand, and we can change lives. And that's really, that's that's from inclusion. If we wanted to be exclusive, we just say, geez, I need a leader. I got to go hire a leader. Yeah. We really have not done that. We've grown all of our leadership, all roles in leadership. We've grown them internally. And that was through in- inclusiveness. That was through finding people that we felt could grow and we grew them. It didn't matter, male, female, or otherwise. Yeah, I agree. And I think, no, I really, I know having seen that, that it really does lead to improved decision-making and creativity and financial gain as a company because of that diversity. It's just, it creates a huge difference in leadership. And and the conversation is like a whole different level. (laughs) You know, and you've talked to me many times about this, about the people in your circle and, and, and having, you know, a very wide variety of people. And really, how that affects the conversation. Yeah, and I'm really looking for diverse diversity in their offering. I'm mm. not looking for diversity because they may be a person of color or yeah. you know national, you know the ethnicity. I'm not looking for that specific. I'm looking for what they're bringing to the table, and they just happen to be from all walks of life, male, female, or otherwise. Is really finding. I need X and it doesn't matter who's going to bring it. It's when I find that person, I'm like, this is the one I got to join up. I got to be in that circle with these people. And I, you know, do what I possibly can to join their circle and hopefully get them into my circles. I think it's hard to measure that, that success. You know what I mean? Like for us, especially I think because it's so inclusive already, but I know there's companies out there that, you know, people hire who they're like and, and, and who they want to be like. And, a lot of times that means it's the same people all the time. Uh, and I know that you focus really hard on on finding people with unique talents and unique, unique points of view. But as a company, how do you measure that? What's that success look like? If you're in the service industry, is there a hard and fast way of measuring that? Or is it, is it what do you do? I drag the people through the door, kick it and scream it and say, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the policy. Whatever it takes. Club, 
whatever it takes. If you whacked him um, then and brought him in, they're the right people. Yeah. In small business, the beauty of small businesses is one, it's a small business. And so there's connection. I'm connected to virtually everybody in our company. And being able to have that by extension is tremendous. And as I mentioned earlier, that we've grown every leader we have, literally every single one. There was nobody in a leadership role when we brought them in. And when we brought them in, they speak and they feel and they act in the same culture and values that CGB is founded on. And those leaders that are now in that role share those same cultural values. For us, that's been truly powerful to write a policy on that. I'm not sure I have anyone on the team, including myself, that would know how to write the policy. We can certainly hire somebody in to write a policy, but in our very core, we're inclusive, we're diverse. It's That's just who we are. As we get bigger, we may need some more policies written so we can explain them later, but at our very core, our leadership team at their core understands we're here to serve and there's nothing else behind that. We are here to serve. It doesn't say certain people. It just says we are here to serve. And so that's all inclusive just in that statement alone. And yesterday, this is kind of on par here, but I was having a conversation with one of the guys on the team and there was some emotion evolved Mm -hmm. in involved in that conversation. And it had to do with serving. And I've given talks on this. I've certainly got people in my circle that have the same thing. When you serve at a high level, you're served at a high level. When you give something, you get it. That's really the only way it happens. And when you start serving at a high level, you can't outrun the level of serving that you're going to receive as a reciprocal thing in a very natural, organic way. In fact, the giving back to you, people serving you, all walks of life, whatever, you know, whatever profession you need at the time, clothing, car repair, whatever, it is so tenfold that you feel compelled to go and serve everybody even higher. And eventually, you, you can't outrun how much service you're actually getting in return of being a servant. Servant leadership is imperative. So when you start doing this, I'm telling you, it was an emotional conversation yesterday because the expression was is that there was lack of worthy, right? They didn't feel worthy of a gift they were receiving. And in doing so, I had to clarify your commitment to serve people. Gifts are going to show up. And I'm not talking monetary gifts. I'm talking about people that just want to be with you. That's a gift because people show up and they have gifts to share. Whatever their genius is, they're going to pour it into you. And so that doubles, triples, quadruples on on up, the better you are at serving in the greater picture. So one, it was a great conversation. Certainly added some clarity to that opportunity. But we're, we're here to serve other people. And that's it. There, you can't add words to that. We're here to serve. I love that, man. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Thank your sponsors, and we'll be right back. 
Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember, call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they're a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today, 858-454-7326. Or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Sean Black, and you are on Service Evolution. Thank you for listening. We are talking with Jim Robinson, and we are talking about inclusion and the role it plays in the service industry, policies, education, best practices, you know, culture, and everything that has to do with being success uh, and, and having that diversity and, you know, as a company, it's a core, that's part of who we are, but not everyone's out there and has a tremendous amount of diversity. So there is a lot of talk about diversity in, you know, in the marketplace. And so we've been chatting about that back and forth. Jim's been given some amazing insight. Thank you for that. We're going to hop into it and talk a little bit more. We just left off with, we're just here to serve, you know? Yeah. And, and when you have a diverse workplace, that's part of it. You're there, you're serving everyone else, you know, no matter where they come from, they're part of the team and, and, and those gifts. I wanted to chat with you a little bit about the role of diversity education and really kind of fostering an, an atmosphere of inclusivity. How did you do that? I mean, that's an amazing thing to have is to have that role of inclusion as part of your culture. But where, how do you educate that? Because, I mean, over 40 years, we've had a lot of people come in. And uh, I know you, we do our best to hire, to align with their culture. But there's still a lot of education that has to go on. So what does that look like from, from a leader standpoint in the service industry uh, to educate the team that you have? Well, years ago, we came up with a, with a plan to diversify who our recruiters were. And you mm-hmm. even know firsthand, and even as of recent of these last couple of years, we've we've recruited more recruiters than ever historically. We have today, I would surmise, we probably have 20 recruiters out chasing people to be employed with our companies. That's a lot. We used to have That's three or four with a one group, and now we have nine groups probably somewhere in the horsepower range of 20, 30 recruiters. That's significant. Those recruiters are intentionally diverse. And the reason why they're diverse is we tend to like who is like us or who we aspire to be like. And that's just a simple phrase. I believe it was Jim Rohn or even uh, Napoleon Hill that came up with that. And in doing so, when when your recruiters are are diverse, they're going to hire who they're like. And so we've seen that time and again. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's a gift, I guess, because it's uh, we've been very fortunate in who we've added to the table. 
And mm-hmm. we've been very fortunate in who we've had to have leave the table. And we show them grace to the door and help them get another job. But there's been truly, you know, a diverse recruiting effort over the last couple of years. And because our recruiters are super diverse as well. So I think that brings a good point that there's really, you have to have a planned effort for diversity. And we did that through having extremely diverse recruiters. <laughs> They're looking everywhere yeah. for all kinds of people that fill yeah. this position. And I mean, that's brilliant. That's just one, that's one way of doing it. You know, that's like a great solution to, to fill that, that gap. If you have one in diversity uh, is really setting them up and giving them, you know, the skills that you're looking for and let them go out there and do that. But I think that's important to pick the right people for that. And I know that process uh, was and is continuing to be challenging. Really? How do you go about looking for someone like to do the recruiting, like, and with a focus on diversity, what are you looking for as, as a, as a CEO? Well, HR is interviewing them and asking the, the pertinent questions, you know, what are they looking for when they're hiring? HR has a role in doing that. They are definitely the ones doing it. Uh, HR is diverse. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it, that's it's just how we are. It's, we don't, we've never had to put a conscious effort to this. We've had to put a conscious effort to it to recognize today's demands and they'll change mm-hmm. next year. Everything in society yep. changes and evolves and moves and, uh, the demands will be very different. But we, I'm telling you, we have, um, we we have everybody, we have everybody, which means everybody's in me, and I'm in everybody. It's that's how diversity is. It's we've got to be a piece of everybody, and everybody's got to be a piece of us. So, recruiters, HR, policy, drive it, go get it. Be diverse in how you recruit and hire. Uh, we've even looked at uh, seniors that probably you know are struggling, trying to live on Social Security. We're we're targeting that market. Those folks could come back and be three, four hours a day. There's zero reason to exclude. Um, yeah, the, the wisdom youth, there. The, the schools, going to the schools. We want to be sponsors now. We're working on uh, getting that done. Sponsoring schools to be able to get kids that are ready to you know, develop a craft and not maybe go to college specifically. Um, but we're all different age groups, young to old, everything in between. Every ethnicity, every religion, every gender identity, be inclusive. That's it. It's super simple. We're overthinking the hell out of this process. (laughs) I I agree. When you, speaking of overthinking, when you you are talking (laughs) about leadership, is there a particular type of person who makes an effective leader? that, you know, that is an inclusive workplace. I, I don't think there really is necessarily a wrong person for it, but I don't know. You, you've developed many, 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 many leaders at this point. What do you look for for someone who is, you know, going to be an effective leader in, in the workplace that we're in? Yeah. Because it's inclusive. Any, work, any workplace, by the way, it's not just in, in the facilities business or, or construction crafts or um the gifts of a leader is really power of influence persuasion and i can see that through initiative and i even simplify that in some of the talks i've done at the entry level is if you're continually running the broom first 
that shows me initiative. If you're the one waiting to be asked to run the room, there's not a lot of initiative. You have to start at that level now, is teaching how to gain initiative. So if I see somebody that has initiative, we hire somebody entry level and I see the initiative and I just metaphorically say you run the room. It's that initiative for the remedial task. I'm going in. I'm going to have a conversation. We're going to start figuring things out. And they usually get scared because they're like, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I'm like, no, you don't have to. There's another option. Go from here to here and here's your steps. But it's uh, I'm looking for initiative. And if they have the initial persuasion uh, influence capability, I always say in a room, there's only one leader at any time. Mm-hmm. If you go into a room full of entry-level people, there's still only one leader. Yeah, It's not you. It's the person that's leading or guiding or influencing the group. That's the leader. Positive or negative, that's still the leader. That's the one you want to go talk to because those are the folks that can easily be grown into a leader in a very short period of time. We say it takes about a year. Typically, we see it evolve three, four months. They start saying, wow, I'm a leader. And then they start to really shift into overdrive. So you you pick out of the crowd. And then once you pull one out, there's the next leader who shows up. So there's always one leader in every single group. It doesn't matter. It's at the bar. It's at church. It's in coffee houses. It's at the restaurant. There's one leader. And then once you pull them out, the next one shows up. So that's really what we've always done. I've always looked at the, the crowd and said, here's, here's who it is. I find it interesting. We've talked about that many times about the strongest leader in the room. And, and you know, we've seen rooms full of leaders, really strong leaders. And it's interesting to me. I always think of the other side of that is, is that everyone who's a good leader is also a good follower in that room. And so they also make a decision to follow that leader. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? To me, it's interesting how that dynamic works and how that leader just shows up. Yeah. Yeah. You've you've been around long enough to hear us talk about this. It's you gotta master following before you can be a leader. You literally have to master and I use the broom as the metaphor, is whoever grabs that first, you're following at a mastery's level. And if you follow really well, you're gonna be able to line up and start doing the leadership thing. But somebody's gotta be around to mentor and grow that. Pull that out yeah. of you. But yeah, master really, following, that's critical. Really hiring for a leader who is going to work well and inclusive is really about the character and who they are and, and you know, what makes them a good leader at their core, that's going to automatically in a lot of ways, qualify them to work in an inclusive workplace. And because, I mean, I know we, we do that and we hire on a very good match for our culture and then we teach them skills and then just build from, from the bottom up. Yeah. It's about the only way you can do really, it nowadays. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I think you're right. It's really interesting. Are there, this is going to be a tough question because we just do this so neatly. Are there best practices that you think are essential for a business seeking to promote effective team building and leadership development with inclusion policies in mind? Or is it, yeah. Be the example. Like I say, we're a small company. It's easy to be the example that others can follow. And that's really how we've built to date. We are getting to that level that we've got to find some other ways to to uh, explain some of these details other than just by our core values. Though people yeah. feel us and want to work with us because of who we are. So people are reaching out saying, hey, geez, I want to get in, get in there. And we can walk them through that process by getting in here. 
coming to work with us, but they they ask for us by name, and they know that we what we stand for, and we are inclusive. It's and we don't hold back on that. It's we're pretty clear. And if somebody needs help, we help them. It doesn't matter what the hell you do in life or who you are. It just matters that you're a person. We're gonna help. Just serve. Yeah, here to serve. Just serve them, man. Pretty simple. Here to serve. All right, man. That's it. We're out of time. Let's get out of here. All We're right. Wrap this one up. We'll see you next week. Another amazing podcast coming up. We had some really exciting topics to talk about. Thank you for joining me again, man, Jim. Always a ton of value that I personally get from you. And I, I know our listeners do too. We get a lot of feedback from them. So thank you so much. Everyone who is listening on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, don't forget to uh, give us a like if we're getting the value out there that you're liking smash it smash the little button get the the bell notifications on youtube get going and uh we'll see you at the next episode jim see you then see you next week thank you